Welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Minds podcast. My name is Chris Chapman, and I am your host. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, then this is a podcast dedicated to those who want to reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. Every other week, I'm blessed to sit down with the fully qualified guest, entrepreneur, content creator, or mover and shaker in their industry, and walk through their story of how they have gotten from point A to point B and overcame various adversities along the way. Now, before we dive into today's episode, just a few housekeeping items here. Uh, As y'all probably know by now, my goal is to impact over 1 million people. So if you have not done this already, please take the time to subscribe to Next Level Minds and uh, let me know what you think. Also, by leaving a review on the show. And if you're really feeling special, Feel free to share this episode with a family member, a colleague, or a great friend who you think will really get some value out of it. Now on to today's guest, I'm sitting down with Alex Perus. He's an entrepreneur who has started multiple companies. He started his first business when he was 13, door-to-door selling chocolates. Uh, at age 26, he hit rock bottom for a little bit after having four business failures, and then he successfully pivoted from those failures and have started multiple very successful companies. Uh, He's also got a massive LinkedIn following that he really puts out some great content. So I would highly suggest you follow him. Uh, Alex and I are going to chat a lot about his businesses, uh, both successes and failures. And we're also just going to go heavy on startups and entrepreneurship for a little bit as well. Uh, So I'm really pumped to dive in and hear Alex's story. But other than that, as we like to say here at Next Level Minds, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success. Alex, thanks for uh, hopping on the uh, the Next Level Minds podcast, man. I really appreciate it. Nah, thanks for having me on. I know it's been uh, taking a couple of months to jump on this one, but I'm glad we're finally doing it. Yeah, well, hey, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? Great things take time. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. How, how's everything in Australia treating you right now? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, we've got a launch of, a, of our software coming up, so that's exciting, keeping me busy. And then, you know, things are sort of going back to normality. Um, so good to see people out and, you know, business is back on track. So Yeah. Yeah, those are all great things. Um, before we dive into some questions here, Alex, I just want to ask, I know you mentioned you're a big traveler. I saw that in your uh, LinkedIn bio. So I guess like pre-COVID, where's one of your favorite places outside of Australia, of course, that you've traveled over the years? Uh, London. Okay. So I would say that if I ever move out of Australia, and I love uh, my country, but two places I would move to would be London or San Francisco. Uh, fell in love with San Francisco. The vibe there, the people are amazing. Uh, the culture around entrepreneurship is just incredible. You go to any cafe, you you know, I go to a cafe down here, you might meet an accountant. Um, <laughs> I, I go to a cafe in San Francisco, I meet someone who sold Twitter or I meet someone who's, you know, high up on in LinkedIn or like it's just, you know, uh, it's amazing. So I'd probably move to San Francisco, fell in love with that place. Yeah. Is that London behind you uh, on the video I think I see here? Yeah, it is actually, yeah. Nice. You, know, you, you know I love London if the, the background is a photo of London. Of London, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, you got to get some San Francisco uh, decor behind you here. I think I do actually. 
Oh no, this is New York. Yeah, I don't I don't think I actually have San Francisco. Yeah, all right. That's my next buy. Yeah, yeah. You'll kind of have all, all three great spots all in one, right? That's it. <laughs> nice, man. Well, I know you touched on obviously this new software launch. Um, and I know you've also started multiple companies and one of the top 50 influential men on, on LinkedIn right now. I saw that as well. Um, so before we dive into some, some awesome questions I've really prepared here, like I would love for you just to highlight everything that you got going on just so the listeners know what to be on the lookout for. Yeah. So the main thing that I'm focused on at the moment, because uh, I've really um, just cut down my workload, uh, is Linkfluencer. So I started Linkfluencer about eight and a half years ago, 2013, Um started as a training company, morphed into an agency where we help people, you know, generate and manage uh, leads on LinkedIn um, through a particular process that we have. And then now in order to really scale and achieve our mission, we're building a software called Jailer, which is essentially, uh, Jailer will help, there's four main features. Um, she'll provide you the strategy on how to actually find, connect and build a relationship with prospects on LinkedIn. And then um, the software side of it will help you manage those uh, conversations because the big problem that a lot of our clients have faced over time is, you know, using spreadsheets and buying CRMs and, you know, putting data into a CRM. No salesperson that I know um, enjoys that. So uh, the inbuilt CRM uh, within the software, there's automated reminders. So let's say me and you're in conversation, you set a reminder to follow me up in three days' time you'll get an email three days saying, hey, um, here's all the people that you need to follow up. And then there's also reporting because LinkedIn right now, unfortunately, doesn't have any reporting functionality to tell you, okay, you've sent X amount of invites, um, Y amount have accepted, um, how much sales you've generated, how many leads you have in your pipeline and so on. So that's, that's the big thing we've got going at the moment. And I think we're, we're launching in May. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I think there's a huge need for that as well. I mean, I'm in sales in the in the eight to five outside of uh, the podcast, and and I I hate putting data into a CRM. Yeah, like, it's like <laughs> uh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. And then also with LinkedIn, you know, I prospect a lot on there as well. And LinkedIn, uh, if you don't view the message, it kind of just goes away in your inbox. Yes. So I'm yeah. always kind of like losing track of that as well. So huge need for that. I, I totally believe that. Yeah. So yeah, super excited for that. I think it's gonna. Um... It's going to help a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, me, me included. I, I can already tell how it uh, probably utilize that are software. You, are you on the waiting list? We have uh, opened up the waiting list. Let me double. I'm, I'm sure I am because I've seen you obviously post about it on LinkedIn a lot. If not, then I'll, that's that's what I'll I'm do. Check with Kristen if you if you're not, we'll we'll put you on there. Awesome. Um, so speaking of obviously the software and growing businesses, I know your first business was, uh, at 13, uh, really selling, you know, door to door yeah. chocolates. Um, but I also know you mentioned, I believe it was on entrepreneurs on fire that your parents weren't really entrepreneurial. So did they kind of support the, I guess, entrepreneurial hustle during that time? Uh, they weren't supportive, but they weren't, uh, they weren't, yeah, I wouldn't say that they stopped me from doing it, but they obviously because they're not entrepreneurial, they weren't supportive in that way because to them, it was all about becoming a doctor, a lawyer or, a, or something like that, going to uni, finishing school, getting a house, marriage, kids, mortgage, death, mm. um, right? Um, hopefully death 
20, 30 years down the track after you get married, not straight away, um, after you get a mortgage, right? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they they were always support. They always supported me in believing in me, but they didn't feel like that entrepreneurship was the path. Hmm. Um, But I just never really liked school, wasn't good at it. And um, I found entrepreneurship as a way for me anyway. I'm not saying anyone listening to this, podcast not to go to school uh, but for me wasn't the right path and there are a lot of entrepreneurs that I know now that felt the same way mm. yeah I totally agree that's cool that you were able to obviously just keep going um, even though your parents kind of seemed like they carved this pre-path for you growing up and everything yeah well at some stage you just got to step up and own your own life right so yeah. um, but I was fortunate because my <laughs> We could say I was fortunate, but like at 16, my parents went overseas for six months and then I saw that as my opportunity to just quit school because mm. I know I knew it was going to be hard if they were here. So I thought, oh, this is a great opportunity and I stopped going to school. So um, I guess it's just a bit of luck as well, right? So <laughs> Yeah. So they left and you're like, all right, screw it. I'm doing, I'm doing this thing. That I, <laughs> so. After two weeks, I just stopped going. I played basketball every day. Yeah, yeah. So. Nice. You mentioned before recording you're a Jordan fan, so. Yeah, yeah, love basketball. Um, still do, still play, but probably not as good as I was before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know at, at 26, like I, I've read in your bio, you, you kind of hit rock bottom just with having multiple businesses fail. So a couple questions there. One, you know, how did you deal with like the judgment from others? Um, just because that is a young age, there's a lot of judgment. And two, like, how did you kind of keep the mental health aspect in check, obviously, kind of after hitting that rock bottom? Uh, so I've always hated working for other people. Um, so that, to me, wasn't even an option. Mm. Um, like, I couldn't even imagine myself going back and working for someone else. It's just, like, I couldn't do it. I can't do it. Um, so I think that's that sort of kept me going. Um, I always, to this date, I believe that I'm here you know, to serve. And I don't think working in a job helps me achieve that. So my ultimate, uh, so my first piece of advice would be to have a vision um, and for money to be the pathway to achieving that vision. But see, the mistake that I made is those first four businesses, I just went in there thinking, I'm great at sales. I'll I'll build any product and I'll just sell it for how much, whatever I think, people will pay and because I'm so good at selling and because I was so arrogant as an entrepreneur, I thought people would just buy it left, right and center. And then I obviously got a, um, some, some shock uh, throughout those businesses um, and then I lost a lot of money. So I think uh, second, so first piece of advice, have a vision um, so crystal clear that it's so grand that you don't even need motivation to get out. Like if someone called me 6 a.m. and I, I tell people, call me 6 a.m. and I will get out of bed on a Sunday and I'll work. Mm. Midnight, 3 a.m. I don't care. It doesn't time is irrelevant because my vision's so big. So that's that's the key. And then the second tip would be see money as a, as the pathway, as the vehicle to helping you get to the vision rather than being in business purely to make money. Because if you do that. It's a roller coaster. When the times are tough, you will find a way to quit. And when the times are good, you'll spend all your money. Mm. Yeah. It's almost like going back, you'll ride the highs too high and the, and the lows too lows if you just put the money at the front. 
Yeah. And the problem with a lot of younger entrepreneurs, um, and it's changing to some degree, is they're just there's a lot of chopping and changing. Every six to 12 months, there's new business that they're starting. And then so by having that end vision, you got you to look at this business that you're about to start and say, is this going to help me achieve that end goal of who I want to become, whether it's legacy, whether it's, you know, you want to start orphanages, whatever it is, um, whether you want to be known as a really um, amazing tech entrepreneur, um, you got to ask, uh, is this business supporting that vision? And if it is, how much time am I going to give that? What's an adequate time? If I look at businesses that have exited in this industry, what's the like average time that they've exited? Mm. No one does that. The guy, yeah, I, I, see, I saw in Forbes that some guy sold for $250 million. And obviously the media, I trust my ex-wife before I trust the media, <laughs> right? The media... Yeah. Yeah. essentially just say anything they want just to sell views. Totally. So you read, a, you read an article, it says, oh, yeah, sold for $250 million. And then they say, most people, oh, geez, they sold that within 12 months. I can do the same. They don't know that it's seven years in the making. Mm. But the media won't tell you that because it's not sexy. Mm. Um, so I think look at the industry and then look at, um, the average time it takes to exit a business and say, I'm committing that. I'm not open to any other ideas and that's it. That's what I do. Yeah. Where can you find, I guess, like the average exit time? Is that a crunch base or just Googling different things? or Probably just Googling. Yeah. or Super uh, simple. Yeah, or looking at like the, you know, 10 businesses that have sold in that industry and then look at when they started because a lot of times when you – search online, you can see when they started either like we've got ACN Australian company number or Australian business number. I'm sure in America it would be something similar. And then you see when they started, when they exited and just get a bit of an average going. Yeah. I think that's going back just to like doing the due diligence and actually putting your head down and, and taking some action on it on, on even just looking up like when these businesses sold. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you talk about like finding your passion, right. And the vision what would you say? And I think it's hard to do at like a young age because you don't have a lot of experience. I mean, what is kind of your general process, steps, or advice there? Just to kind of slowly start to form that vision. Oh, it's, look, I think it's just it's a matter of asking a lot of questions. If you're very unclear, like for example, if you um, you just got to connect the dots. So you might say, okay, what's the topic that you really enjoy talking about? When if you walked into a bookstore, what what would be the first section you go to Mm. um you know if you were the prime uh, let's say if you were the president of the united states what are some areas that you'd like to change um in the country um what what are some policies you'd like to put in place um what topics did you like in school uh like just got to ask yourself quite a few questions do research read articles um i've written a whole book on this which is being updated um as we speak but um I think it's just a matter of, yeah, just sitting down and asking a lot of questions. The problem is most people don't take the time because they go and see influencers out there who profess that everything's going well, but they've borrowed the car of their friend that's a Ferrari and then they just want that lifestyle, but they don't understand that, you know, you look, I've made a lot of money. There's times where I've lost a lot of money and there's times that I've made a lot of money. 
And even at the highs of my journey, I've still been very unsatisfied, even when I made money. Because money won't make you happy. It's the vehicle to helping you achieve your vision, which will make you happy. And you just got to love the process. I think people, um, that's the gift. The journey is the gift, not the destination. Mm. Mm. I love that point because then you get to that destination and it's kind of like, well, dang, now what do I do? but if you're, yeah, but if you're using the money to fuel the vision, it's like, oh, it can always reach a next step within the vision itself. Yeah. How many times have you bought it? Like I bought this jacket, loved the jacket the first time I wore it. Now I've wore it three, four times. I'm like, oh, need a new jacket. Oh, yeah. Right? It, so, <laughs> it's the same as a car. So, yeah. Yeah, that's such a good point. Like, I, you know, I bought some new clothes this weekend and I'm like, oh, it's great. But now I'm like, it's already starting to fade after I've bought these clothes fairly recently. So, yeah. 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 I don't, yeah, you're totally right. The vision and, and actually the journey is what's going to provide happiness versus, versus the money. Use the money to fuel the vision. I like that. I've never really heard it put that way, by the way, of like using the money to fuel the vision. I really like that. Yeah. A good affirmation that gets me, like, that I constantly tell myself is, the journey is the gift, not the destination. If you just keep reminding yourself that and instill it into your mentality, then you wake up. So like you wake up, you go through a challenge and you go, okay, it's all part of the journey. Mm. You don't go, oh, why me? And geez, I was meant to launch in February and why is it taking so long? And, you know, not meant to be. And then you get frustrated and all of a sudden you're starting something else. You go, okay, this is, Challenges that like no one's had a smooth ride. I don't know anyone unless you're born into a royal family and we can even tell they've got challenges at the moment. Yeah. No one's got a smooth ride, right? Right. Um, and if it was like that, you wouldn't build character. It'd be boring and you just won't be able to handle bigger problems in the future. So, yeah. When did you start to adopt that, that mindset um, just on the journey and everything? Uh, well, I realized at 26 because uh, I had a mentor at 26, um, and he, he said to me, look, you just got to start loving the process. And, look, it made sense at the time. I, didn't, I don't think I embodied that belief till probably low 30s. Mm. Yeah, and you got that from just speaking with your mentor and kind of going through yeah. the different failures and everything? Yeah. Yeah. Sp- speaking of mentorship, I, I saw you post on LinkedIn about this the other day about um, – believe you mentioned not to be the smartest in the room, um, which I think is really cool. So like, can you kind of elaborate on that, that point a little bit? Well, um, when I was younger, I I would put my chest out and walk into a room thinking, you know, what a hot shot, you know, I'm the smartest here. It's actually such a bad mentality because if you're growing a business and you're the smartest person, you're actually, your team is the weak link. So I'm not saying you, you can be a dummy and be successful. Like you got to you got to understand how ads work. You got to understand the power of branding, marketing, and sales. But you don't have to be the expert. So for example, we've got our ad agency. Um, I get enough to keep people on track. I don't need to know how sales funnels work in um, Facebook. Mm. So we have an expert that know, understands that. I don't know what. PPC is all about. I get, have a rough understanding, but he's smarter than me. So I'm hiring people in areas that I need for the business to be successful, but also areas that are businesses of mine. 
So, um, uh, and one big area I would say, I would tell young entrepreneurs, definitely find um, a business partner that you gel with, um, that you have complementary skill sets, but this is the key, um, but, but al- alignment in values because uh, complementary skill sets are important, but if your values at a core are not aligned, it won't last. That's a good point. I think because essentially when you're starting a business with somebody, you're going into like a marriage itself because you're just always talking, always with each other. So you need to make sure those values align. And you're probably spending more with your business partner than you are with your part, with your yeah. wife or your girlfriend. So yeah. if you're not going to get along, if you don't have the same philosophies about how to deal with people, um, the vision, um, like my business partner, Mark Meadow, we've been together for five years. I reckon we've argued and it was a semi-argument once hmm. because there's no ego. We, we just say to each other, look, we want to get to this destination. If your answer is the right path, I don't care. It doesn't have to be my answer. So I think if you just leave your ego at the, at the door um, yeah, you, and your uh, values are aligned, you, you definitely work out well together. Yeah. Is there anything that's kind of like glaring red flags when you're looking at, at co-founders to, to partner with, or is it just kind of making sure the uh, values are there? Um, well, yeah, there's, you know, it's probably a lot more than that, but um, I think, yeah, test their work ethic. Mm-hmm. Everyone will tell you I work hard. Working hard is not a nine to five thing. Working hard starts at like, this is why I love San Francisco because I'd go to co-working spaces at 11 p.m. and it's packed. Yeah. I love it, right? It's awesome. Over here, people say, oh, yeah, work really hard. And then you go, okay, what, what are the hours? Oh, I do 50 hours a week. That's not working hard. That's the norm. Right. 60, 70, I'd say 80, 80 to 100 is working hard. Right. So the way to test, so make sure they got um, their they're hard working. And the way to test that um, is, so when I was looking for a business partner, I, I had a few people that I was speaking with and everyone said, oh, yeah, I'll work hard, you know, um, I'll do whatever. I said, all right, let's, let's do our meeting next time at 5.30 on Sunday. How many people do you think rocked up to that 5.30 meeting on oh, a Sunday? Man. Like one? Zero. Oh, no. Zero. <laughs> Done. That's it. That's my test. So, and sometimes I just want to see people's reaction. So one guy, I said to him, oh, how committed are you to building this and staying focused for the next five to seven years? Oh, pretty committed. I said, all right. Let's, let's walk. Why don't we do a 50,000 step day and we'll just talk about it as we're going. 50,000 steps is about 30, 40 Ks. Oh, wow. He never showed up. Oh, my God. What so a test. little things like that. Yeah. So you got to test people. Don't believe them based on their words because words are cheap. When they have to do something that is so outrageous, that's the true test. Hmm. I like that. And, and you're testing them before they kind of dive into the thick of the business operations, which I really like. Yes. And then the other thing I would say is when you sign the contract, don't give them equity straight away. Um, 
even if they walk 50,000 steps or meet you at 5.30 that Sunday, um, you know, have a few provisions. So, for example, they might, uh, after two years, um, if they bring in 300K into the business, um, like just have some provisions in place where they still have to work for the next two years. Don't just give equity for the sake of getting them on board. That's what Mm. I would say. Mm. That's a good point. I've, I've heard that a lot as well. They actually kind of have milestones that they should reach to, to get the equity and everything. That's cool. That's cool. I spend, well, I know uh, your software is coming out. What may you mentioned? May Yeah. Cool. Fingers is it, is there anything else that, uh, that you want, you know, the listeners to know about, I know you mentioned your book, you're kind of redoing that the software, hopefully it's coming out may summertime frame, but yeah, I'd love for you to kind of open up there. Uh, no, other than, other than that, you know, um, if, you, if anyone who's listening, if you're using LinkedIn for, you know, relationship building and, um, generating leads, I definitely think check out the software. We've got the waiting list happening and we're launching soon. So, um, and then, yeah, just connect with me online and keep me posted with your progress. There's nothing more enjoyable than, you know, seeing people progress. So like what would be awesome to know is, and I don't know whether you do this, but let's say, you know, what's the date today? Today is the 14th. Yeah. So 14th of April, 2021, we can look back at this conversation. If it's changed, if this task has just changed the direction of one person, it's been, it's been worth it. So if you want to connect with me and um, keep up to, up to date and stay connected. Yeah, man, you got some awesome content too on LinkedIn. Like I love the posts. They're always very like action step oriented. You know, I read them like, all right, you know, this is something I should do next. Or it, it also is like great to read to kind of mix up the monotonous uh, everyday life as well. So, Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, one other thing, um, have you got more questions? Uh, no, I was just going to ask like about the LinkedIn posts. Like what, what kind of inspires you to write this? Because I know they're like, really fueled in like gratitude, business, entrepreneurship? Do you kind of just come up with that on a whim or is it very planned out and everything? I used to plan it out. Um, now it's just whatever comes to me, uh, nice. whatever inspires me, I post. I think a lot of this stems from at a core. Uh, I just feel, I, look, to be an entrepreneur is an absolute privilege. No, never have I, I wouldn't say never, probably the last five years, I have woken up grateful that I even have the opportunity to be an entrepreneur and build products that will transform people's lives. So so Mm. I think as a young entrepreneur, be grateful that you even have the opportunity to be an entrepreneur. Um, And then two, whatever you do, you know, like for example, these posts that I'm putting up, that's still very aligned to my visions. So if something's not aligned, I just don't put it up. Or if it doesn't inspire me, I just, what's the point? I'm not chasing views. I don't care if I don't get views or likes, just irrelevant. Yeah. What's your, what's your big vision right now? Uh, so sell, sell Linkfluencer in three to five years. Um, use that money to start a tech incubator. Oh, nice. Um, where we only invest in, um, like obviously tech startups, but that are subscription based. Um, and then the goal behind that is that every behind every subscription, a percentage is going to go um, to my foundation, 
Mm. Um, and the foundation is to um, build community houses around the world to take uh, 12 to 18-year-old homeless kids off the street, um, house them in these um, places that we're going to build, have real entrepreneurs, teach them the curriculum and the, the, the mindset behind being an entrepreneur. We give them food, we give them shelter, we give them education. The goal is to bring them out of that uh, and get them to work in a local business um, in an industry that they want to then start a business in and then hopefully after they've worked in that business for a while and they've learned how to um, be a successful entrepreneur or the, the, the making of it, uh, for them to venture out by themselves. That's the, that's the big vision. So. Man, that is so cool and, and, and very much needed, honestly, like out there. And it yeah. gives these kids so much opportunity to learn the skills, housing, food. That, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, school's not for everyone. Um, I think you probably need up until you 10 just yeah. for like social skills and the general stuff. But if you don't want to be um, a lawyer, a, you know, a teacher or like I don't know, a surgeon, then you're really wasting your time um, going to year 11, 12, uni and all this sort of jazz. Just I would recommend if anyone's watching this and you're in, what, what's, what's year 11 and 12? Is that co- college over there? Uh, so you go, you go all the way up to 12th grade, which are 18 yeah. year. And then you go to college. Typically, if you're going the normal route from 18 to 22, 23 ish. Okay. Okay. So like if you're, cause I think that, and I'm not deterring anyone to go to college. It's up to you. This is your career. I'm not giving you career advice. Um, but I would say don't, don't be, um, pressured to do what other people want you to do. You look at yourself and go, mm. I actually, college, all I'm doing is I'm racking up a debt, doing something that I'm probably not going to uh, get a job for. Um, if that's your mindset, then you need to stand up and you need to say, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm actually going to go and let's say, I want to start a ballet school. Let's just say there's someone listening to this and they want to start a ballet school. Go and work for someone who's got that school for the next three, four years, learn the mistakes that they've made, um, what it takes, and then go and start a school. Those four years are going to be far more valuable than going to college, um, you know, getting pissed every Friday, Saturday with, with, the, with your friends. Sure, that's fun, but you could still do that with friends outside whilst you're learning how to start this school, so... Yeah. And such a good point. I mean, like the rebuttal against that from people would be like, oh, well, like I'm only making like minimum wage. And it's like, you're not usually making money in college anyway. You're spending money and racking up debt. So correct. Correct. And, and you're going to come out in debt. Yeah. You're going to rack up more debt, come out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's a really good point, man. I love that advice. They're very practical for the listeners out there. Um, last question I always ask people is just kind of what would be your one word to, to really describe? We talked a lot about journey. So really just to describe the journey that you've had so far in life. Uh, the journey, um, I would say re- relentless. Awesome. I've been very relentless. I just, just got to keep going. Failure yeah. is not an option. Yeah, man, I've heard you mention that on LinkedIn post and like different podcasts like that. 
I was going to guess that word for you too, because you always <laughs> say failure is not an option. That's like yeah. really relentless pursuit. It's not. So it shouldn't actually even be in addictions. Motivation and failure should not be words in a dictionary because they don't exist. Mm. That's my opinion anyway. Mm. Can you touch on the motivation real quick? I, I thought I've never Motivation, like, because what's motive? Okay. If you need to be, if I wake up and I need to be motivated to go to the gym, it tells me that you don't really value your health that much. Because mm. if you valued your health, you wouldn't have to wake up and drag your feet along and put your shoes on and go for a run. I wake up, I went for a 6K jog this morning. I didn't go, oh, geez, I've got a podcast and, yeah, I might be tired for that. <laughs> I love going for a jog because I value my health. Yeah. So I think motivation is surface level. It's a Band-Aid effect. Whereas if you're inspired within to achieve something, whether it's health, whether it's a successful marriage, whether it's a business, if you're inspired, you don't need motivation. Over the last, from 22 to, what am I, 39, 17 years, I haven't required one bit of motivation. There has been times where it's been extremely difficult, where you got to dig deep, but I wouldn't say motivation got me out. It was because I just had to find a way to pull through wasn't that I needed to be motivated. So yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. And just asking yourself, like, do I value health? Do I value, you know, my vision? Do I value creating the next level for my life? And if you do, you're going to find a way to do it. You don't need to be motivated all the time. Correct. And one final thing, cause I'm, I think you asked me this, but I forgot to answer it. You said, oh, you know, taking criticism from other people and mm-hmm. how do you sort of deal with that? Look, I, from 22 to 26, all my friends were going traveling, they were partying, I'm working three, four jobs. Businesses are going to the ground. Um, you know, everyone thought uh, I was a bit of a loser. Um, that's just a reality. At the end of the day, I, this is how it generally works in life. My dad gave me the best piece of advice when I was like 10 years old. He said, you're better off having three to five great friends than a hundred good friends. Hmm. So, and that made sense because when I was going through that tough period, my great friends that I still have today were there for me and the good friends were talking behind my back. Mm-hmm. So um, at the end of the day, if you just focus on your own vision, know that there will always be people that don't like you no matter how, and don't try to please everyone. Um, as long as the majority of people say good things about you, I can look, I can real life 10, 15 people right now that would say bad things about me. They just don't like me. But at the same time, I can reel off a thousand, two thousand people that, you know, that swear for me and say this guy's amazing or he's a good guy or, you know, you should get to know him. So I think if you get the ratio right and a lot of people are saying good things about you, you're doing something right. Um, and look, majority of people that aren't, first, they'll laugh at you, then they'll criticize you and then they'll want to be you and then they'll want to learn from you. So... And for those who don't, who cares? You, you're on your own path. You're making an impact. And that's all that matters. Yeah, man, that's some killer advice. Um, that really pumped me up as well. And th- thank you for mentioning that last point. That's all right. It's all good. Yeah. Now, Alex, well, man, appreciate the time, brother. Uh, really dropped a lot of knowledge. And uh, I'm going to put your LinkedIn profile um, within the, uh, the show notes. Um, definitely would suggest uh, all the listeners out there follow and connect with you. Um, it's definitely helped me out and everything as well. So again, appreciate the time, Alex. 
Appreciate it, Chris. Well, that's it, guys. Thanks again for taking the time to tune in to this week's episode of Next Level Minds. Be sure to connect with Alex Peruz on LinkedIn and definitely check out his new software launching in late spring, early summer, which is Jayla. Other than that, hope you all have a fantastic week ahead. And thanks for taking the time to tune in again to this week's episode of Next Level Minds.